0: Time, I hope that you guys do as well, and uh, it, it's just a great time of year. I know it's busy. I know it gets hectic, and uh, the temptation always is to allow the busyness and the hecticness to rob us, really and truly, of the joy that, that we should uh, have uh, during this time. We're all guilty of it. I know that I'm probably guiltier than most, and uh, but I sure do. I, I do love Christmas time. I enjoy coming down early, early in the morning. Well, I didn't go in the middle part of the week, because so I couldn't figure out how to get a tree on and uh, so four o'clock in the morning, you're trying to poke every button on the, the extension lead. It, it wasn't looking too well, and uh, so I got all the Christmas lights on on the outside for the neighbors to enjoy it for in the morning, flashing like that. So they, I'm sure, they appreciated that. And what it was was my impatience. Apparently, electricity slower. Then my, my patience is I flip the switch and then you gotta wait like a half a second. Then it turns on. And I kept going flip, 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 flip and it wouldn't turn on. But anyway, um, I love that first thing in the morning, early in the morning while it's dark. And of course, I know it's dark for a, a long time in the morning right now this time of year. Uh, but I love when the tree comes on. I, I've always enjoyed that. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful time. I, I love the colors and uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, rand, I'm, I'm rambling on, I know that I am, but I do, I love Christmas time. Greatly looking forward to next week's uh, candle, candlelight and carol service. And hope and pray that you can invite as many people, drag them here, uh, even if you have to trick them into saying it's something else, you can go do that afterwards, amen? And uh, we got one hour stop off, we'll sing some hymns and, and watch a presentation on the birth of Christ. So we're going to be back in Mark chapter 1 tonight. Mark chapter 1, we just read these in our our reading a moment ago, and you stood doing that, don't even do that again, but I'm going to read these again, a quick prayer, and then I'm going to get into our message this evening, a timely message, I would think, especially given where we are uh, in the the end of the year. In Mark chapter 1, verse 33, the Bible says, and all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases, and cast out many devils, "...and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew Him." Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, um, that verse 34, guys, I could preach a, a whole series on just that one verse there, especially the latter part, and I'm going to refrain from doing that tonight because it's not necessarily a topic, but a very powerful, powerful verse there, verse 34. The Bible says that in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him, when they had found Him, they said unto Him, All men seek for Thee. And He said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. Father, thank You again for the evening, thank You for the time, the opportunity to gather tonight, and we pray that You would take Your Word, apply it to our hearts and to our lives. Uh, Lord, let us soak up that which we need to learn this evening. I pray even in advance that You give us travel child the mercies home once we finish the service tonight. But Lord, while we're here, let us put aside the, the business of the week. Let us put aside the diary and the tick boxes and the schedules and all the tasks that must be done uh, over the next few weeks, a couple of weeks, Lord. And I pray tonight that we would focus on your word uh, and the events that happen here in Mark chapter 1 and how we can apply it into our life today. Uh, we ask these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So here's the question tonight, I think all of us. And this is, again, very timely. Very um, motivated, maybe, if you would. How many of us have ever felt like our life is just like a treadmill or like a hamster? You ever see a hamster? You ever see them running those little wheels? That thing cracks me up. I mean, they would, I mean, they are, but they're putting their whole effort into it. They're They're running, they're running, they're running, they're going nowhere. And you have to wonder sometimes, does he ever figure it out? Man, I'm just on a wheel. I don't think they do. Because they keep getting on it. And they're not going anywhere at all. And it's almost like they see something outside the cage or the tank or whatever they stay in. They're like, I can get it, I can get it, I can get it. You're not going to get it. You're not getting out of the cage. You're not going anywhere. But, buddy, you've got a lot of energy that you're putting into this thing. And it's like that in our life sometimes. Sometimes it feels as if we're just, man, we're just plugging along. We're working hard. We're sweating. We're breathing. We're maintaining a pace, if you will. But... The scenery remains the same every day. I mean, if honestly, if you were to open up my diary and you see all the tick lists and all the things that are done, it literally is the same thing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Restart Sunday, Monday. And that's just what it is. And there are times when it feels like that, that you know, I, I, I can say for myself, I don't know about you, but I'll say for myself, it seems like I'm just running to the next meeting, fulfilling, fulfilling the next ministry, trying to get, take care of the next event. And life can become so just busy sometimes. And I mentioned just a moment ago, and it really was, was unintentional, that um, we have to be careful. Because I believe there should be joy in Christmas. I think there should be a joy this time. I think there should be joy 365 days a year. I don't think it should just be, hey, let's have joy for Christian, let's just start fighting in, front of in the new year. But I don't think it should be that at all. But I think there's, this should be a special time for family, for friends, for, 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 for people. For, I mean, I just think it should be a, a time of joy. But it's so easy in the commercialization of our world today, the hustle and bustle, the busyness of our day, just to let it get too busy and it robs us. We're getting the tasks done. We're getting the meals prepped. You know what I'm saying? We're getting the, the party squared away or the events. the candlelight. We're getting it all done, all those things. But then when it's all done and dusted, and you sit back and you go, whoa, wait a second, Christmas is tomorrow. And it's over with. And now you've got to wait 364 more days to get right back at it again. And I think there's some things that we can do, we can apply on it. Maybe I should have preached this three weeks ago, I don't know. But, I mean, sometimes, guys, if we're not careful, we will begin to question whether or not we're doing the right thing just because we're being busy in life. It's easy to do that. It's at this time, guys, I, I don't know about you, but we begin to work. We allow anxieties to come into our life, to build up in our life. It results in the things that, you guys, in reality, it results in things that we can actually, can actually have an effect on us. And uh, we become buried under a mountain of things which really, truly, you have no power or we have no control over. It is what it is. The schedule is here, the time of the year, the calendar, all of these things are real and they're here. We have no control over that. So how do we stop from this happening? How do we understand there's certain things we cannot control? There's certain things that we can. Well, we figure out while we're here. We figure out what we're doing. And in all honesty, guys, I'm not sure if we can stop the hustle and bustle from. From I don't think I don't know. I'm not sure we can stop it in our life. But I think we can stop. We can change our reaction. I think we'd have a greater idea. To I think we can control. Our life a little bit better, and this is how I come to this point here tonight. This is what we need to have: is a little bit of clarity. You heard that in the front end of the introduction tonight, and in, in the in the prayer. Really, I mentioned clarity quite a, quite a few times. And the word clarity is defined as the quality of being clear, coherent, and intelligible. So, what we need in our life, what we need in our life tonight, is clarity of thought, clarity of our emotions. Clarity of our movements, clarity of our walk, our ways, where we're going, where we're not going, what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. That's what we need clarity tonight. Are we going to allow the hustle and bustle of the season to rob the joy that should be there? I really believe it. I believe it should be. I love seeing the Christmas lights on the houses. I enjoy driving around and seeing them. We saw one up the road here on the way here. Man, they had lights everywhere. It like, man, it like Christmas vacation lights. I mean, you know, you, they, the whole thing's lit up. And I'm like, look at that, man, you know, and, which is dangerous, I understand. But I love it. And, and i got to admit, I like the fact that they come on earlier in the year here. You know, we we, we got to get Thanksgiving instituted so there's a, there's a hole yeah. on those Christmas lights. But I think it was Pew's Garden, and they had Christmas bows up in October. I was like, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoy the lights. I like for the tree to stay up a little bit longer. I like for it to go up a little bit earlier. I enjoy it because there is joy in those lights. There's joy in the season. But again, I come back, there needs to be some clarity in our life. And we see that in the Lord's ministry. We see this in the events that happen on this day here in the verses that we've read. And I do believe, here's what I want you to understand. Every time when a sermon is preached or a verse is read, we need to look at that verse and we need to say, how can I apply that into my life today? What can I do to take this story, this event, this record, and apply it into my life right here, right now? How can it benefit me and the ones around me? How can I do that today? That's what we need to ask ourselves There are some doctrinal things in the Bible that do not apply to the dispensation in which we live today. The Levitical law does not apply to us today. Okay, Uh, that dispensation has been closed. And that's just the way it is. We are in the dispensation of grace. There are seven dispensations. We can go over that at a later date. But we are in the dispensation of grace, also known as the church age. So there are some things doctrinally that just simply won't apply. But spiritually, practically if you will, there's three applications to every verse in the Bible. Historical, doctrinal, and and then spiritual slash practical. One of them are going to fit us, if not all three sometimes. So I'm saying all that to say this. We can look at what the Lord did. We are not the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not have the power He has, and nor will we ever. But we can look at His ministry, and we can see how we can develop clarity in our life and in our work and in our walk every single day. The first thing I want us to see, I want to see in the Lord's ministry, we see determination. Determination. And it's important for us to understand this. It's important for us to know this tonight. Look at verses thirty-three and thirty-four, and uh, I think they're on the screen. I believe they are. Yep, there they are. So, verse thirty-three says, "And all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases." The Bible says that he healed many. There, there's there's a, a panorama of people who have come uh, to the Lord this day, and, and, and they all come for a multitude of reasons. Some came with who were sick. Of diverse diseases, there's some that suffered from physical ailments, some from from different types of sicknesses, and uh, uh, some we find that they had congenital uh, diseases, meaning they developed it from birth. There were some that had contagious diseases, and you know God's God is God; He can handle that. And there were some that suffered from uh, uh, diseases of contractions, meaning they had an inability to reach full range of motion in their life. And there's others that were covered with with skin issues, if you will, different types of of sicknesses. Then there's others that had concealed sicknesses. There were no physical pain, but on the inside, they were suffering just as much as anyone else, maybe even more. It was elements unknown to the present world, I'm sure, yet the Lord knew every one of them. He knew, and He was determined to heal them, okay? All of these people who came to the Savior this day were in need of something, and He was determined to help them. He was determined to exercise compassion. So we find... In this idea of, of clarity tonight in the Lord's ministry, we find that there is determination. Secondly, what I want us to see in the Lord's ministry is I want us to see that there is a dedication, that there is a dedication here. Verse 34b, the latter part there. The Bible tells us that he diverses even. He um, uh, says, cast out many devils. and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. So the Bible tells us that he cast out many devils. Now, guys, I'm telling you this. Your job is not to cast out devils. Your job is not to touch somebody and heal them. Not your job. All right? We're not in that dispensation. Again, I could preach on this for a month of Sundays. All right? Some people still not going to get it through their head. But that's not the dispensation we're in. All right? There's no sign. We're not looking for that. What we understand is the Lord's ministry. He did that. He cast out devils. Matter of fact, if you go to Acts 19, don't do it now, but you'll find out when somebody starts trying to do something they shouldn't do, those devils jumped on him. Okay? And uh, the seven sons of Sceva, they cast out the name of Paul in the name of Jesus. And that devil looked at him and says, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And the Bible says that he jumped out of them and went out naked and wounded. It means they were exposed for who they are. they are. So you've got to be careful what you play around with. I'm saying all that to bring this point of dedication from the Lord. There were those who came to him with spiritual elements, guys. elements in their life. Many who came to the Lord had... Uh, within them raging monsters that were ruining and destroying life. The Lord knew them. When He allowed, He he cast out them, uh, those who were hurting their souls and those who were just, you know, just this battle from the end. The Lord healed them, if you will. There were those that came to the Lord, guys. They were held and taken captive. Within themselves, there was a battle that was boiling over, a battle between their sanity, their peace, their joy, their their rest, uh, this callous, malicious, heartless devil who sought only to cause pain in God's creation. That's what he was doing. And they are out in the world today, and they're doing the very same thing today as they were doing in the days of Christ. Okay, so they were held captive. There were those that were controlled, my friend. Even when they they knew to do the right thing, they, there was something within them dictating their thoughts. And maybe you've been in that situation before where you know to do the right thing. And yet you don't do it anyway, right? It happens. I'm not saying you're possessed with the devil when that happens. That's an easy excuse. I think sometimes we just need to be, be disciplined in our life, okay? James said, he that knoweth to do good and it not. To him is sin. Uh, that's not even talking about doing wrong. He's saying he that knoweth to do good, amen. And you don't do the good, that's sin. So we find here. There's some that are controlled. There were some that were carried away. They were carried away. They were carried away with thoughts, fulfilling, with, uh, fulfilling the, the will of these satanic forces, guys. There are some that were being conformed, uh, shaped, if you will, into the image of the one that was in them, molding them and making them after their own divisive will. And then finally we see that there were those that were condemned. You guys, I, I'm sure some of these people, they lived in darkness, battling within their mind. Uh, you know, I read a book many years ago. Was, it was called the, uh, the Battle of the Mind of America. It was about America and about the, the spiritual collapse and fall that America was in. And, and the whole thing resided around the battle of the mind. battle of the mind. That's where the battle occurs. We see that in Galatians 5. The, the wrestling between the flesh and the spirit. their enmity with one another and they continue to fight on a daily basis. And it's that one day when you let your guard down that they can control I'm sure some of these people, guys, were plagued their entire life by this devil. I'm sure there are some of them that, uh, that may just have opened up the door and destruction came into their life. But nevertheless, they came to the only one they knew who could help. The Lord Jesus Christ worked feverishly, diligently, if you will, throughout the entire day to heal those that were sick and those of satanic possession. That's my Savior. That's what he did, my friend. That was his dedication. I don't want you to see something here. We, we address this, this issue of clarity. And we'll get into these verses here. Look in verse 35. If you got your Bible with you. I don't have those, this one on the screen. i mean in a minute. though. Verse 35 says, And in the morning, and I'll, let me stop, let me back up for a second. I'm not going to take up more time than I need, I promise. I did this morning, but I'm not going to. Not. Think about what has happened. Verse 33 says all the city was gathered together at the door. Now we have, I think we're not getting, we're over 400-some thousand in Cardiff now, roughly. I know we were projected to be about 470 by the end of 2020. I don't think we've hit that. We're about 4410, 410, 420,000. Can you imagine if all the city <laughs> came through the door? Now think about that for a second. Now I know that's like my soul, man. That's nearly half a million people. Praise God. Bring them on in, okay? We'll find a place. But this is what happened. I don't know how big the city was. I don't know how many people there were there. It could be been 20,000, 10,000, could have been 500. Who knows? All I do know is that an entire city, why do I know that? It says all. It says all. You say, well, well, does it really mean all? All means all, and that's all all means. Amen? Well, the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth should not perish but have everlasting life. Does that mean whosoever? Or just those who have... Purple or pink hair? Not pink. Or those who wear glasses? You have glasses on. Those who have no hair? Right? No, man. Whosoever means whosoever. If I can stress any point to you guys in, in understanding or accepting the Bible, it means what it says, it says what it means. When it says all, it means the whole city showed go back the door. And again, I don't know how big the city was. So all the city was gathered together at the door. He healed many that were sick of diseases, That means a multitude, diversity of diseases. And cast out many devils. And suffered the devils not to speak because they knew he was. So think about what has happened as we go into these next verses. Think about the events. The The Lord worked all day long, casting these devils, healing these people. All of these things. And now they show back up for more to be done. Verse 35 says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, it's going to get up while it's dark. And he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said And them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. Stay with me here. Just as the town folks were gathered together, looking for the Lord, looking for help, the disciples came back and he said, "All men seek for thee." Jesus is found risen early in the morning, going off into a place by himself to pray. And when the disciples found him, certainly, guys, planning for another day of healing and care. how how fun could that be? As you diminish. The preaching bit of the ministry, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is the very tip. In my opinion, this is the easy part. What goes into to this tonight is what you never see. The labor, the prayer, the phone calls, the text messages, the study and the prep, the things that go into the ministry, the, just the teeny bitty tip is what you see right now. But man, it out devil. Watching people come from the dead, blind, see, deaf, hear, my soul. You ever seen those videos when little babies, they get, those, they get the hearing aids for the very first time, and it's the first time? It brings me to tears every time. The first time they hear the mama's voice, oh, man, that brings me to tears when I see those things. Can you imagine doing that for someone all day long? Good night, man. Sign me up. <laughs> Jesus... Crowds are growing and the Lord says, well, let's go to the next house. Huh? Hang on a second. But you're dedicated. You just did all this yesterday. They're coming back. But Lord, all men are seeking you now. They're looking for you now to do what you did yesterday and the day before. I can see Peter saying, hey, we, we misunderstood what he said. I'm, I'm sure he said something different. Lord, remember, all men are seeking you. They all want you coming too. They're all gathered together. Uh, You think yesterday was busy? Man, wait till you see the diary for today. They're all there. What happened? You see, even though the Lord had the clarity of determination to heal the sick, He had the clarity of dedication to cast out the devils. What we all need to seek and strive for in our life is the clarity of direction. The clarity of direction. Jesus had just finished an incredibly busy day in Capernaum. Preaching, healing, casting out devils, and the demand grew as the day progressed. And just imagine the stories of His miracles. How they spread into all the other cities and throughout Galilee. Just imagine what the Lord's... how it could have continued the next day. Think about it. I mean, well after dark, I'm sure. I'm sure. Exhausted, ready to collapse in the bed from an exhausting day, and as the crowd grew, the next day, the next morning, as people brought their sick families and their sick friends to Jesus' healing hands, Jesus was nowhere to be found. His disciple looked everywhere for him, and finally they found him. And he asked her, "The Son of God, his man, where have you been? Don't you know? I mean, everybody's waiting for you. Come on, let's get the show on the road, okay. But his response was. Let's go to the next house. That boy, what are they looking for? He goes somewhere else. What was he thinking, man? I'll tell you what he was thinking. Jesus had gotten up before everybody else. When everybody else was still sleeping the day off, the work off, you know, that, that busy day. He went and he prayed. He went to seek the Father's will sometimes He poured his heart out to his Father. He asked for wisdom, for guidance. And the answer he received was, you're finished here for now. Mm-hmm. It's time to give some words. Mm-hmm. Guys, there are times in our life when chapters are closed. It's not always negative, even though it may be feel quite heart-wrenching at times, and I imagine it did for the disciples this day, even misunderstood. This is where clarity comes in your life and in my life. This is where clarity plays a vital role in the life of the believer. Guys, we, we must have a clear understanding as we go back and look. We need to have a clear understanding of determination of what determination is. We need to have uh, an understanding that there are souls in our life who are suffering from things that are congenital, whereas people are, uh, you know, are born sinners. They are not born in a way that uh, guys that are anti-scriptural. I understand, guys, and we can talk about this today. There are people. There are certain propensities that we all have, you know, you know. You may have a, a propensity for this, you know. Maybe Hannah's a fighter. She just wants to fight everybody all the time, you know. Call their eyes out when she's on the road. And, and that's me, sorry. I'm just kidding. No, like, anyway. You know, th- th- we all have a certain sin that we lean toward. That we, if, men, if we're not careful, we give way to it just like that. Okay? Because we're born sinners. doesn't mean we were born with that propensity and born with that ideology. And the excuse of, well, that's just me. You know, people out here in the States always say, well, you don't understand, I'm Irish. And that Irish temper in me, you're not Irish. You're from Texas or you're from Alabama. If that's where you're from. Don't blame it on the Irish, if you will, amen. And I'm just saying, you hear that all the time, that well, it's just the way I am. Guys, that doesn't float in the eyes of Jesus Christ. Just being me brings a reproach against the Lord. Then we must change. We need to have clarity of that. Romans 8.29 says, for whom he did foreknow, oh, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We need to understand there are things, yes, there are things that we deal with that just come from our genetics, I understand. But we have to be, we have to have an understanding of clarity in our determination. We need to understand that there's a, 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 a contagious aspect to it. There are sins that people can commit that lead others astray. Psalm 1-1 tells us, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sin, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You know, there's some people in our life, I've had to do it, I'm sure you've had to do it, maybe you're here tonight, you need to do it. There's some people that in our life, their ways, their walk, their words, They're contagious. And you need to cut them out. Time to go to the next town. That doesn't mean you leave the city. It just means you you leave their company. I remember golfing years and years and years ago. With some preacher buddies of mine. And uh, this is a long time ago. And I'm not one. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I don't want to hear a dirty joke. I just don't want, to, I don't want to hear it, you know. I don't want to soul my ears with it. I don't find it funny. I, I, I really never have. So if you got a dirty joke, just leave me out of it, please, okay. I, I don't, you know. Well, I, I mean, and these were respectable men, men that I had served with for years on end, that I had preached with on the platform, that had lifted up their voice and sang like you had never heard. When we're out there men on the golf course. And a uh, woman would tell a little joke. You know, I'd look around, you know, and, you know. Guys, look, you know. Now listen, I don't want to hear a dirty joke, but I'm not beyond wrapping a golf club around your head if you don't quit telling them. I'm, I'm joking. But I just noticed amongst that little group, that little innuendos, little things here, just kind of leaning over here to what you'd call, uh, you know, lift, if you will. It made me uncomfortable. Couldn't quite wrap my head around it. I made a God. These are friends of mine. I'm stuck out here in the golf course with them. I'm already going to be irritated because I'm getting bad. And then they're doing this. Couldn't wrap my head around it. Two out of three in that group telling them jokes. But they fell from grace. They fell out of the ministry. They made life condemning mistakes. I'm not saying it was a joke's fault. What I am saying is they leaned over just a little bit too far. Kept opening up the door. allowing things in their life. Mm-hmm. See, what happens, this is what happens. People walk too close to the edge of the cliff, and then when they fall off, they blame other people. Nobody told you to go to the edge of the cliff. You see, my friend, there are times in our Christian life where we got to make the hard call To not sit, not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, not stand in the way of sinners, because it is contained, it will rub off on you. It will. There are some that suffer with spiritual contractions, guys, meaning this, that they just have them. They've hindered their ability to reach full movement in their Christian life. Just like in the physical, the same with the spiritual. There are those that are wounded by sin, hindered by the wickedness. Of a deceitful heart. There's some that are covered with sin. Proverbs thirteen fifteen says, "Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard." I mean, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys. You may think that you can live a sinful life. It's going to show on the outside of Because the way of a transgressor is hard. There needs to be some clarity in our determination in this life. Because there are those around us, guys, that are going to be affected by what we do, where we go, what we say, how we live. And you say, well, preacher, it's my life. That's not fair. Man, that's it, life. Life's not fair a lot of times. It wasn't fair for a perfect being. It wasn't fair for my God to take off the robes of, of eternal glory and put on the robes of flesh and live 33 and a half sinless years and still end up on a cross. That wasn't fair either. That's what gives us access to heaven. It's what cleanses us from all of our sins. Clarity, guys. Some are dealing with things that are concealed. Some people are hiding their pain. Maybe they're hiding their sin. Maybe they're they're hiding their suffering. Either which way about it, I'm going to tell you this tonight: there's some clarity in your understanding that you need. We're in this together. And if you're here tonight and you're suffering in silence, you need to, you need to get with one of us. You don't have to go through this alone. If you're here not suffering in sin, you don't have to you don't have to go through it alone. You don't have to do it. We're in this one with another. So we need to have clarity in our determination to help those around us, to help those in our life suffering from these things. But I say this also, we need to have clarity of our dedication. Clarity of our dedication. There are souls in our life, guys, who are held captive. Second Timothy two twenty six says, and and that they may be may recover themselves out of the snare. Snare is a trap of the devil, who are taken captive. Watch the reader by him. Taken captive by him at whose will? His will. What do you think a snare is? Snare is a trap. It lures you into it. I don't know if anybody's a fisher. uh, Fisher people. I'll be whatever. You know, if you fish, I don't know. Probably a terrible illustration, but there's a thing called a lure, right? And you got it on the end of a stream. You throw it out there in the water, and you make it do a little dance, and it moves around, and it's jiggling, and it's shining and flashing, and the fish see it, and you know what it does? I like that. They think it's real. They go up, they hit it, and there's something called a hook inside there, and it hooks around. Lure them in. Same thing here. There are those guys that are taken captive by the devil. And they're taken captive by His will. Sin, sin, guys, is alluring. If sin wasn't attractive, we wouldn't have a struggle with it. But having clarity in our dedication allows us to see the needs of others. Our own needs. There are those that are controlled tonight, guys, even when they, they knew to do the right things, and uh, and yet there's something else dictating their life. There are those that are carried away. First Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 2 says, And ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols even as ye were left. Before knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, many of us were just carried away by our own judgment. We were carried away by our own ideology, our own law. We became a God, a Creator, unto our own selves clarity of dedication enables us to remove those things and to help other people. There are those that are suffering from being conformed. Shaped in the image of the one within them, molding them and making them after their own as Well, There were those, unfortunately, tonight, guys, who were condemned. Just like Jesus Christ saw. Just like the clarity that He developed in His, in his dedication uh, tonight and His determination. John 3.18 says He that believeth on Him is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is where the rubber beats the road, guys. This is where it all matters. This is where all the chips are laid out and the cards are put on the table where the truth comes into play. This is where we must focus our attention and move forward help helping those that are around us. And this is where having clarity and dedication is needed. Understanding that those who do not believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they're condemned. But yet you believe tonight on that same name. You are not condemned, but we need to bring that light to others. Both clarity of determination and dedication are all dependent on direction. Clarity of direction. Why? What did Christ say? Why did Christ say, let's go to the next town? He didn't give up. Five point outline. He didn't take as long as I took tonight to present this. He didn't didn't do any of that. He just simply said, guys, this is why I'm here. For therefore came I forth. We must never forget the reason Jesus Christ came to this earth. Jesus made it very clear. God came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why He came. He came to, to save souls. He came to cleanse sins. That's why He came. He, he said, "Look, I want to go to the towns and I want to preach. That's why I came. Love. That's the reason we are left here on this earth today. We never. We need to never forget our purpose on this earth. We're all busy guys. We're all busy people. I know that we are, and I understand that. And and let me say that. Let me say that. It's easy to say I, we're all busy, you know, because you know we have all things. We're all busy doing important things." Every one of you in here tonight are doing important things every single day. Whether you think they're important or not, they are important. They're a way of life. They are part of you, so they are important tonight. Never, never get into the idea of, well, what I'm doing is more important than what. No, sir, everybody in here is doing something important every single day, and everyone in here is busy. But everyone in here needs clarity. We all need clarity. Our lives serve a purpose greater than ourselves. Therefore, we must live beyond our own life. So, love it, throughout the week, this week, it's easy to focus on. I know for us in the ministry, it's easy for us to focus on the, the Wednesday morning night ministries, the Wednesday evening ministries, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Friday morning prayer time, Tuesday morning Q&A Bible study. It's easy to get you just get caught up in all of those things. Local outreaches in two locations, upcoming uh, candlelight service, all these things. And guys, we're excited. I love every drop of it. But I need to also stop and have clarity tonight on my purpose of why I'm on this earth, not just in this nation, and not just in this town, and not just in your life. I'm here tonight to help others. I'm here tonight to help my family. I'm here tonight to give what the Lord's given unto me to be a blessing unto other people. And if we would develop that clarity of thought, clarity of our emotions, clarity of our words and our ways, our movement, if we tonight would get that coherent thought, if you will, that quality of being clear, and our dedication, and our determination, our direction, will be easy. It will be simple. We take the word easy off the table. It will be simple. So mother, there's two, three thoughts I want to leave you with when we're done tonight. Number one, if you're here tonight and you're suffering from something and you're doing it in silence, don't do it alone. There's a reason we're together. I don't believe in coincidence tonight. Never happened. I don't believe it's an accident. In 2007, we hopped a little flight and spent two nights preaching and went back over to Northern Ireland and then back to the States. I don't believe it's an accident. We started a church right here in this community center. I don't believe it's an accident that I walked down into a gym to get a t-shirt one time, never left. <laughs> I don't believe in those things. I looked over the course of the last eight years of what somebody would say was coincidental meetings, and I promise you they watch it. So there's no coincidence here tonight. If you're here tonight, you're suffering in silence. Get clear of your dedication and determination so that you can get your direction where it goes. Grab a hold of one of us, and let's get it if you're here tonight there's a sickness that may be inside of you, emotional, physical, whatever it may be, spiritual, you're not in this alone. It's the purpose of us being here. Not one of us in here is stronger than all of us. And we need to remember that tonight. That's clarity of where we are. That's clarity where you are. That's clarity of who we are. So tonight, beloved, I'm going to ask you, if you're struggling, if you're suffering, or if tonight you're in the midst of sin, you know not the Lord Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, it is simple, as accepting Jesus Christ, asking Him for the forgiveness of sins, inviting Him into your heart to be there to help you live according to His ways for the rest of your life on this earth. If you're here tonight, and you know Jesus Christ your Savior, and you have for a time, praise the Lord. If you're struggling in your Christian growth, get with us. Get with someone. Let us sit down. Let us just have communion fellowship. Let us get a, a hold of the Bible. Let us pray for you. You know, we had a moment of, of an opportunity to praise what good thing that's happened to us in the past week a little bit ago. We also have opportunities to pray. So, guys, anybody who needs something, simple prayer. Don't do it alone. Don't sit in silence. for that's why we're here. That's our purpose. Be by your heads. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. We thank you for the time to be here tonight. Lord, thank you for every soul presence in And I pray uh, that in a wonderful, mighty way that you take your word, help us develop the clarity of our dedication, our direction, uh, Lord, our determination, Father. Help us be able to take the steps that need to happen in our life, uh, Lord, so that we may grow thereby, spiritually speaking, Father. Help us grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and therefore be able to go forth into this world. To be a light into a dark place, Lord, to shine the glorious gospel, to be able, be able to give a reason of the hope that lies within us, Lord, with weakness and fear. Help us be able to share that gospel, Father, what it means to us and what it's done for us. To anyone should ask for that hope, Father. I thank you, Lord. And I ask you again to bless the rest of our time together, bless and protect our travel, mercies home. I pray for those who aren't here this evening. I pray that you help them in their every need. Father, I pray that You bring us back in the next appointed time. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. 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 I hope and pray that the teacher preached the Word of God. <clears throat> it was a blessing to each and every one of you, you tonight.